1: Most of your favorites ain't dealing with me Pouring it up like the end of the week You don't let us in, we stealing the keys We coming from nothing and ending the street Aiming at throats and taking out knees They feeling the pressure and know they can't breathe Winning the races and taking the places And walking they stages like it's a degree Fill it in your veins, it's a dope flow Got the whole game in a chokehold They taking too long, you can't see me now Put them in boxes like photos Packing the bags and hitting new land I do what I want, they do what they can All in their way, I'm
2: Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV
3: with Calvin and Barry, just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion, so be sure that you subscribe, it's for the fans by the fans, whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands, for laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here, staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year, we're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings, be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring, yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. Unfortunately, the Kings do lose tonight, 119-115, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They do not clinch that elusive playoff spot uh, or home court advantage in the playoffs, but that's okay, guys. We're here to talk about it. De'Aaron Fox returns from injury
1: today. Uh, Calvin, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Could have been a happier one, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. It's, It's inevitable. I mean, it sucks they didn't clinch it tonight in front of the home crowd, but it's coming soon. Yeah, we got seven games left in the regular season. Uh, We've gotten a little
3: spoiled here, Uh, you know, expecting our Kings to clinch with eight games left remaining Uh, and home court advantage in the playoffs at that, which is absolutely incredible. I think they already claimed the division, right? Or clinched the division?
1: Not officially with both L.A. and Phoenix
3: winning tonight. Okay. Okay, so pretty close there. But hey, welcome into Royal Rebounds. We're live after every single Kings game. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button, hit that subscribe button. And hey, as Lane says, it is Merch Monday. So make sure you guys check out our website, royalrebounds.com. 15% off of merch on Mondays if you use the code merch monday you can pick up this awesome hoodie here also have a light the beam shirt we have an end the streak shirt a royal family shirt and one with the royal rebounds logo on it as well so make sure you guys check out the website to pick up some awesome merch before the playoffs start calvin i mean we didn't clinch today, but it's okay. I'm not feeling that bad, honestly. Like, I was pumped. As soon as the game started, I got really excited. I was like, it oh. It was a oh. very
1: entertaining game. Yeah, I was like, this is,
3: this is awesome. The crowd was into it. Oh, yeah. You know, everyone was looking forward to this moment. They're talking about, oh, 16 years has led to this and all that stuff. I mean, we lost today, but I, I don't feel bad at all because I'm happy that we're in the position we're in. We're going to have quite a few more chances to clinch this playoff spot. And we're just getting started because the playoffs haven't even started yet. We're, what, two and a half weeks away or so, three Roughly. weeks uh, away from the NBA playoffs, and the Kings will be there. So I- I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, but give me your first thoughts on the game tonight.
1: Well, obviously disappointing for all of the reasons that you said. I mean, the crowd was amazing. Um, I don't know if it was a record <laughs> attendance. I know the last game was. It felt like, like this every game, game probably is. should be yeah. another record-breaking attendance. But... Um, so disappointing that they didn't get the job done tonight. Of course, we know it's coming. All of that. Um, Minnesota has just had their n- number all year long. I, I mean, this yep. is a team that possess or poses a lot of problems for the Kings, both offensively and defensively. You Saw all of them on display tonight, uh, and this is still without Carl Anthony Towns, who played last night and played well in, in a win in Golden State, hit their the go ahead three to win that game. Uh, so that's just another you know big body who can step out and shoot the three that is a a mismatch or a, or a matchup nightmare for Sacramento. Uh, these teams play a similar style, like I said, yes, or going into this game, but Minnesota's personnel is very different with how they attack it, uh, and, and it gave the Kings fits all night. I mean, aside from that second quarter, which the Kings pretty much dominated or, or were playing in control for pretty much the entire quarter. Uh, Minnesota had this game in the palm of their hand. Yeah, yeah, they did. Minnesota traded every single draft pick they have in franchise history for <laughs> some
3: rebounds, and it definitely helps against the Sacramento Kings team that has consistently struggled to rebound. They've been much better this season, but it still seems to be the Achilles heel of this team is playing against teams that rebound really well, teams that have size, teams that have length. But I want to give a quick shout-out to everybody here in the chat. Double O is here. Erzlo Sass Bench Matthew, shout out to Bench Matthew. Also have him live on Twitter Spaces. We'll bring him up here shortly. Neil is here. Lane is here. Uh, Mikami is here. Uh, Kai is here. Jay, my guy Jay is here. Progressive G. Big Bird is here. Good to see you all. Welcome in. Uh, all my legit fans show up, Calvin, after losses. Gilbert's here. Ian is here. Um, I mean, I don't really, like... Hard me feels like I need to make everyone feel better because I know there's a lot of people that are feeling disappointed after this game. But honestly, like, I don't know why you guys feel bad. I, I don't know why anybody's disappointed. I mean, yeah, we lost the game tonight. It is what it is. You lose the game. But in all honestly, like I'm saying, like, or like I have been saying for months now, like, we are way ahead of schedule. <laughs> like, yes. this, no one expected this team to be this good. I mean, maybe Mike Brown did, and maybe some of the players thought that they could be this good. But, you know, we are way ahead of schedule. We're playing with house money right now. Like, I, I just, I can't even believe the fact that tonight we had a chance to clinch home court advantage in the playoffs. That's crazy. Well, first round yeah. of the playoffs. In the first round, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's crazy. And, uh, you know, they didn't do it today, but like I said, we have a another chance on Wednesday. We have a chance on Friday. Of course, if a couple teams lose this week, that potentially could happen as well. Yeah. Uh, I got a, a poll here in the chat. Would love to hear from you guys. Uh, it's what day will the Kings clinch the playoffs? Wednesday, Friday, let me know what you guys think. Uh, Lane wants
1: us to help process some feelings. Calvin, you got any words for Lane? <laughs> Forty-five and thirty, still gonna have a home court. Yeah. Uh, you know, most likely gonna have home court in the first round of the playoffs. It, there's a lot to be excited about. However, you know, th- this game was really important, not just for Sacramento's playoff seeding, but for Minnesota. I, I believe they are they pulled ahead of um, Golden State with this win tonight. So that if the playoffs started today, Minnesota would be Sacramento's first round matchup, and, and that is a little worrisome or troublesome given the the season series so far between these two teams minnesota won three out of four games the only game sacramento was able to win was in overtime Um, and like i said they've struggled against this team all season long because of the size because of the length uh it's it would be a, a very interesting first round series yes it would be
3: It really, really would be. Well, hey, before we dive here into the box score, we got Bench Matthew up here, so I'd like to hear from him, hear his thoughts on the game.
4: Uh, Matthew, are you there? I'm here. Can you guys hear me this time? Yes, Yes. sir. You
3: got your Wi-Fi fixed. I love it.
4: Yeah, we were on vacation, so we're we're on the home Wi-Fi rig now, so uh, glad to be with you guys.
3: Very cool. It's always good to have you here. Were you able to go to the game tonight?
4: No, so I had, uh, I had a couple of friends who were there tonight. I, my back is actually in spasm, so I'm on the IL tonight. Uh, but we've got tickets to the Spurs game, so hopefully we will be clinched by then. But uh, we watched at home, and we actually got to watch it live. We're usually watching on the DVR in the evening. So uh, maybe we need to go back to watch it on DVR try and get a different result. <laughs>
3: man bummer about your back uh hopefully that feels better soon and i'm super jealous that you're going to be there uh on sunday to watch the game um but give me your first thoughts matthew on the game tonight
4: yeah i kind of feel like a towel that has got sour milk in it that needs to get wrung out uh you know it's not a good feeling but at the same time like there honestly is a lot of things we can look at um numbers wise that really kind of expose um you know, everything, but just on a feelings basis, uh, there was, there was a lot of hype tonight, more than hype, just a lot of, um, excitement. You know, I've been reading, uh, posts from people on Twitter and hearing people, you know, the different shows, just re- recalling all the memories leading up to tonight. And, uh, I think we can definitely all get wrapped up in tonight's loss, but I think exactly what you were saying, uh, just reminding us all that, you know, we're ahead of schedule and when we kind of put that cap on, there's a lot of things we can dive into, and hopefully, you're not making too many adjustments this late into the season. But there was a couple of things we can look at tonight that, hopefully, if we see the Wolves in the postseason, you know, we can digest.
3: Yeah, like as Calvin said, right, we're going to be potentially matched up with them in the first round of the playoffs, which could be a little scary considering they have had our number all season long. Um, I want to just listen in here to a brief little interview with uh, Coach Mike Brown before the game, some of his words. Uh, So let's listen in here and see what he has to say.
5: Play here, right? (laughs)
4: Mike, I I know we talked to you in all the different ways about clinching, but now that you you obviously have a chance to do it on the home floor, any excitement around that for you?
5: Yeah, I, I mean you know obviously it is it's it's a it's a big deal it's a big deal around uh here and you know the fans have been you know phenomenal and so you know to to try to do something in front of your home fans is always the best case if if it can happen that way you know Minnesota's tough not going to be easy i mean they went to golden state and beat a real good golden state team on their floor so again um it's definitely something that should should be celebrated.
1: Uh, yeah, Mike, the crowd tonight is going to be crazy. Is this good for your team to walk into a building that's going to feel a little different tonight, like what we're expecting?
5: Yeah, I mean, everything we do is new to us, and so the more new experiences we can go through as a group, um, you know, obviously, you hope hope you win those situations, but the more new experiences we can go through as a group uh, and try to figure it out, the better. So, you know, it's it's great that this buzz is around, and let's see how we can handle it. What am Um oh.
4: building on James's question? When you, when you've always had talked about how this uh, season's has been a series of tests for your team, how much yeah. of an environment like this is a test for your team going forward. How? What are you looking for them to do and type and play in this type of environment?
5: Uh, you, you know, basically to appreciate what's going on. You know, to acknowledge it, uh, embrace it, all while still trying to do your job. You know, and any time that you. Um, have distractions, whether it's good or it's bad or indifferent, um, to, to be able to handle those and still do your job <clears throat> the right way and at a high level is always a test, especially when you haven't experienced something like what we're going through now, especially the night, too. Mike, did you uh, text
1: Steve last night after the loss? No. No, no, not, didn't want to rub him. Anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> As for the game tonight, though, with Minnesota, um, this is a team that's given you fits in the past. No. I know Cat's not going to be out there for them tonight, but what are you looking for from your guys, especially in one of the final times you'll see them this season?
5: Well, you know, the, the, the you know all three games have been uh, really tough. Uh, um, Anthony Edwards kind of has had his way, and uh, the last time that they were here, they shot the lights out in our building. So. Hopefully we can get to their shooters. Also, they had a couple of big rebounds down the stretch that uh, gave them – or continue to give them life when we were making little runs here and there. So <clears throat> you hope with their length, uh, their athleticism. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a veteran team. That team is put together to win. Now they got a lot of guys that uh, have uh, had playoff experience. A lot of guys that have won awards. And you got the the vet Mike Conley leading your your, your troops. And so you know that they're right now their team is built different than ours. But uh, we need to be able to respond. Appropriately versus their guys tonight, no matter who's in uniform.
3: Wow, Calvin! It uh, sounded like he knew exactly what was going to happen tonight.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like you, like we said, given the season series between these two teams, and you know they know how difficult of a game it's going to be going up against a squad like this. And, and Minnesota is playing good basketball right now. You know, we talked earlier in the week or last week about peaking at the right time, Minnesota got healthy. They got all their guys back yep. and they're, they're playing well. You have to give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, what, what were your thoughts uh, regarding
3: the coach Brown interview earlier today?
4: Well, I think, I think you hit it you know right on the spot and yeah, he, I think he had an idea of what was coming, but uh, one of the things that I like about Mike Brown is that he doesn't get too hot one way or the other. If anything, The way that, you know, he tends to lean is, is kind of putting the fire into the butt of of our guys. And I think that that's something that's been earned out of respect from the crew and something that, um, I think resonates well with how he's able to coach. And, and I, you know, like I think that all of us are kind of in a position of wanting to think about what's coming, the playoffs and, and there's that balance of, you know, playing, playing for the playoffs, you know, whether that's, you know, managing rest, whether that's, uh, you know, winning for seeding, but, I think the thing that's most important right now uh, that Mike Brown talks about is what lessons can we learn in the seven games that are left that's going to lead to uh, not just the playoff first, but playoff wins. And I appreciate that for sure.
3: Yeah, that's a great, great point, right? There's seven games left in the regular season for the Kings. That's basically a playoff series, right? If the Kings go seven games in the first or the second round, that that's a playoff series right there that they have to kind of treat like playoffs, make in-game adju- adjustments, make adjustments between games. I just love his composure, honestly. I, I feel like Mike Brown has one of the best – he's one of the best composed coaches – in the nba whether it's during an interview throughout the game or not i mean you see guys like doc river drives me crazy uh during a game just yelling and going crazy tom thibodeau is one of those guys yep. also but mike yep. brown just has this like awesome composure this been there done that attitude at all at all moments all facets and uh it just it just i, I feel like it uh, creates uh, a lot of confidence for his players so Definitely love that from him. It's unfortunate that the Kings were not able to clinch tonight, Uh, but it'll happen. It will happen. So I'm not worried about that. But, hey, guys, I want to dive here into the box score. We can go over this, and then we'll dive into Cal's keys of the game tonight and see where the Kings missed. Uh, But, First off, Domas Sabonis, he does foul out in this game. Six personal fouls, 40 minutes of action, 11 of 14 from the field, 24 points, 10 rebounds, and only four assists tonight for Domas. Uh, Harrison Barnes, 35 minutes of action, 5 of 12 from the field, 19 points, five rebounds and assists. I love what I saw to HB tonight when the Kings did get down. He would go straight to the basket instead of jacking up a three, which I absolutely loved. Keegan Murray, 28 minutes of action, only three points tonight and six rebounds. Tough shooting night for him. Uh, One of eight from the field, one of six from three-point range. He is now two threes away from setting that rookie record definitely wanted it tonight we could tell uh and i wish he would have had that three with like 40 seconds left in the game that would have made
1: things interesting
3: absolutely huge for him but that's okay deer and fox 35 minutes of action tonight in his return uh 10 of 20 from the field one of six from the three-point line for him same as keegan murray uh 29 points four rebounds six assists calvin these guys coming back from hamstring injuries are playing exceptionally well Would like the shooting numbers to be a little bit better, especially from three-point range. But 29 points in your first game back is
1: pretty good. Not bad. He had 14 of them in the second quarter. It was a little bit earlier of a Fox takeover than we're used to, and he didn't have the same type of magic late in the game that, that we've been Accustomed to seeing, unfortunately, Kevin Herter, twenty-seven minutes of, of action. This guy was in foul trouble
3: almost all game long. Picked it up was the entire third game. foul, I believe it <laughs> was much. like four minutes left in the third or sorry, second, second. quarter. Uh, he does finish the game with five personal fouls, thirteen points, three rebounds, and an assist. Three of five from three-point range. Another abysmal night for the bench tonight. Trey Lyles five points, but eleven big rebounds for him. Uh, edwards two points we got to see some len tonight alex len four points for him and two rebounds four points for davion mitchell and assist for him and then malik monk after being ejected from the last game 12 points tonight one rebound three assists on four of 13 shooting 04 from three point range calvin the bench continues
1: to struggle for the sacramento kings they did struggle today mightily um and i you know the common theme right now going on in the chat is lineups and, and whether or not uh, the Kings or Mike Brown made the right decisions playing guys certain minutes. Certainly when Kevin Herter is in foul trouble the whole game, that's going to hurt, especially when you know, he only took, what was it was seven shot attempts, and he made four of them. So yeah. having him on the floor for a team that shot terribly from three tonight, having him more available would have definitely helped there. Uh, But I I am a little surprised that he rode with Monk as long as he did. I did not think Malik played a very good game tonight. This is a horrible matchup for him, uh, especially if he's not able to create and knock down shots offensively. He, He did not shoot the ball very efficiently, obviously. He had a couple of really bad turnovers. But then defensively, even when Malik is in good defensive position, He has no matchup on this team because of the size and the length. They're they're not going to have him guard Conley because he's usually going to be on the floor with either Davion or De'Aaron Fox. Um, So he ends up matching up against one of these big wings, and and they can just shoot over him, back him down in the post no problem. It it was interesting to me to see Kessler Edwards only get six minutes in this game.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think we all would have hoped that Kevin Herter wasn't in foul trouble for this game. We could have used a lot more of him. Um, But as Brian says here in the chat, the Kings shot 18.5% from three-point range, Calvin. They made five threes tonight. This might be a season low in threes for them, a team that shoots and makes a lot of threes. Five of 27 from three-point range. Uh, The Timberwolves almost made twice as many threes tonight, Eight or, sorry, 9 of 24 for them. The Kings did shoot better from the free throw line, 80% as opposed to only 65% for the Timberwolves. They did out-rebound the Timberwolves 42-40, to 40, which is pretty rare for the Kings, but only 16 assists tonight. That might also be a season low for them. Um, 10 turnovers tonight for the Kings, only 6 for the Timberwolves. Kings did win the points in the paint battle, but it's hard to overcome... When you turn the ball over that much, and you just don't shoot well at all,
1: yeah, definitely. And I mean, give Minnesota credit again; they took this Kings offense out of their game a little bit. They've had over 30 assists in each of the last two or three games, I think. Um, and this is a team that's you know third or fourth in the NBA in assists per game at around 27. Mm-hmm. They made them a one-on-one team today, or or strictly a pick-and-roll team. They took away all the passing lanes. All the backdoor cuts that, that the Kings normally get in this offense, they didn't let Sabonis really operate You know, in the normal area that he likes to. I did think that Sabonis was very good and aggressive going at Rudy Gobert tonight, um, but the, the Minnesota Timberwolves took away what the, how the Kings like to operate their offense primarily. And You saw a lot of pick and roll with Fox, a lot of pick and roll with Malik Monk, and it leads to not many assists or not as many as you're, you're used to seeing, and then 10 turnovers as well.
3: Yeah, shout out to Fred Dixon here for joining in. Good to see you, Fred. Charlie is here. Tito is here. Brooklyn is here. Good to see you all. And Matthew is here. Matthew is a member of the Royal family. And hey, just everybody that's watching, uh, if you don't know, we now have memberships enabled on the channel. So if you'd like to sign up for a membership, there's two tiers. The lower tier is the Royal family. It's $1.99 per month. You get a bunch of extra perks and you get your name green like Matthew. It does help us. uh, It helps support the channel. It helps us grow. So we would appreciate if you want to sign up, if you want to support us sign up for a membership, join the Royal family, uh, or just hit that like button if you can't afford ninety nine per month. Uh, Fred says, for some reason, the Kings look flat. Matthew, what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, so, you know, when and I tweeted about this at the, at the end of the game, that, yeah, it did take um, a season worse in, in shooting from the three-point land for us to not clinch tonight, which is ironic for us being, you know, the, if not one of the the best three point shooters, you know, shooting teams in the NBA, um, Katie said in the broadcast that her previous season low was eight. And, you know, had we scored eight, know, that's nine more points, you know, I mean, we can't just add and subtract and say that's a win, but by the math, that's a win. So that's obviously, you know, that's, that's where my attention went. I think a lot of us go there as kind of the scapegoat of tonight, but Calvin, I think you really hit it on the head. Um, we're talking about the assist 16. Um, that, that's, or, or maybe Barry, I think I might have been you talking about 16 assists also might being a season low. Um, you, you you're right. You got to give credit to, to Minnesota. Um, the Kings did not miss a lot of open threes tonight because there was not a lot of open three attempts. The way that, uh, Minnesota was switching, the way that they were covering, um, there just was not a lot of opportunities that were, that are Created on the on the three pointers, a lot of them were isos and trying to create, and and they were doing a great job of that. Um, conversely, the way that, that that Minnesota was able to create their their passing lanes of uh, you know dangerous drinking games, the amount of times that you know I looked at my wife and said one more, and there would be one more pass, and there would be a, a wide open three or or, or a midi. Um, Memphis was really. Really, uh, Memphis. There we go. There we go. Um, Minnesota. <laughs> the, <laughs> what, what do you what do you call them, Barry? The the Minnesota Grizzly Memphisoda Wolves. Minnesota Grizzly Wolves. Yeah, messes me up every <laughs> dude, single dude. time. I just call them. The they are the now. same team. Oh my gosh, the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they 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 really were able to execute on both ends of of the court, and that really shows up in in the the differential in the assists. And so my my mind uh, originally goes to. Just how abysmal the three-point shooting was, but you're right. You got to give them credit. The, the the disproportionate amount. Anytime you double the the opponent in assists, that's, that's probably going to be a win.
1: You agree with that, Calvin? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you for a team that, that struggles to get stops consistently, um, you know, if if you can't execute your normal game offensively. Yeah. You know, the Kings still put up 115 points is the crazy thing. That's Even though they shot thinking. 18% from three. Yeah. They did attack the paint really, really well. You talked about Harrison Barnes earlier. I loved what I saw to of him going hard to the basket. Um, and Fox in that second quarter was really, really great with, you know, six or eight straight points in the paint um, or whatever it was. And they scored 60 total in the paint. That's the reason the Kings were in it um, combined with their effort on the offensive glass. But uh, I think, Matthew brings up a really good point about the wide-open threes, and I go back to Kevin Herter being in foul trouble for most of this game. A lot of the wide-open threes that I saw taken in this game came from Kevin Herter, his ability to create space off of that, you know, sprinting around the perimeter, coming off the dribble handoff with Sabonis, taking that uh, extra-wide sidestep. He was the guy that was getting probably the best looks they had from three all night, and he was, what, three of five, I think? Yeah, three of five to yeah. three. So at not having him available later in the game, especially yeah. after he picked up that fifth foul and then having to play Malik heavy minutes, that kind of did Sacramento in there at the end. Yeah, I would I, I would think...
3: probably kept him out on the court if it was
1: me. Let him play with the five fouls. Um, but like you said,
3: Calvin, it's like, it's crazy looking at these stats and you're like, wow, the Kings were actually in this game. They had a chance <laughs> yeah. at the end. Yeah, I mean, did. if Keegan hits that it three, did. They were
1: down three with about 30 seconds left. Yeah, Yeah. you
3: get a stop, and you have a chance to tie it and go to overtime. Um, So... I mean, shout out to the Kings for fighting, right? We've talked about this year. Well, that's one thing that
1: they've done all year long consistently. Exactly. Very, very consistent.
3: There's been so many different ways that the Kings have been able to win basketball games, that there's not just a a perfect formula where it's like, you need to shoot better, you need to rebound more, you need to do this, and you're going to win every single game. The Kings have found ways to win when they've been out-rebounded, when the other team has shot better than them, when they've turned the ball over a lot, when they've been without star players. The Kings have found a way to win games. So, unfortunately, they didn't win this game tonight. But, like, what Coach Brown was saying, right, is each game that there's left – so there was eight games left. Now there's seven until the playoffs start. Each game you can look at is a learning lesson, is a way to tinker things a Definitely. little bit. You know, you don't want to change a lot. But these – I don't want to say these are, like, throwaway games because they're obviously not. There's Some of these games are important. But, like, if you had won tonight, you clutch home court advantage in the playoffs – you clinch your playoff spot. The other seven games is basically uh, we can rest a bunch of guys or we can try some new things. We can make some adjustments and see how the players and how the team reacts. Now, I'm not saying you don't want to do that for every single game that's remaining, but the Kings have a little bit of flexibility here. Yes, you do want to lock in your playoff spot. Yes, you do want to lock in home court advantage, but you do have a little bit of flexibility here to play with and figure out and, and try and learn a little bit more before the playoffs start.
1: Oh, yeah, and there's going to be lots of opportunity for that. I mean, their next three games are two against Portland and one against San Antonio. Uh, Portland has completely shut down for the rest of the season. They're not playing any of their normal rotation players anymore. Uh, And, of course, you know, San Antonio has been one of the worst teams in the NBA all year long. So there's going to be lots of opportunity to do those exact things that you just said. Yeah, and then we,
3: we mentioned bench scoring for the Kings. I mean, between Nas Reed and uh who's this Noel? Jalen Noel, they scored more points than the entire Kings bench, Calvin. And neither of these guys
1: played more minutes than Trey Lyles or Malik Monk. Very efficient wow. scoring. Um, you know, I you know me, I've been on the Nas Reed train all year long. Yes, He's been you killing have. it all season. Um, and he's played really, really well this whole time that Carl Anthony Towns has been out, giving them sort of a a great second option at that power forward or center spot as a stretch big. Similar games, you know, he's not quite as, as big size-wise as Carl Anthony Towns is, but can put the ball on the floor, shoot it from outside. Crazy looking three. Um, yeah, yeah, basically a standstill three, but it goes in. Rainbow. Man. I mean, he's he's effective. <laughs> Um, And he definitely was another one of those matchup nightmares for Sacramento today. Definitely. Hey, Matthew, was there anything else that
3: really stood out for you in the box score or the team stats?
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, And and this will be my last time, and we've got an early early morning for the –
0: Say goodbye.
4: bench family tomorrow um but yeah you're just hitting on it calvin um one of those metrics and this is sort of an arbitrary number but one of the metrics i like to look at sometimes when trying to dissect a game is how many people uh on a team were 15 points or more uh you know sometimes a you know 10 plus or a 15 plus spread and 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 the wolves uh, they've got six people with 15 points or more. And if you include Noel in that, you know, with his 14, that's seven to the Kings three between uh, Barnes, Domas, and Fox. And, you know, a lot of times the Kings are able to do that formula of Domas, Fox plus one more. And with uh, Keegan Murray having an off night, as people are prone to have from time to time, it's Kevin Herter being in foul trouble from the beginning that, that Domas, Plus Fox, plus one more, and pepper in some from the bench. It, if the bench is cold, it's just going to be a rough, rough night for for the Kings to come out on top. And I, I thought that that was a good point you were making earlier about about Herder really being one of the only ones who was able to, to find an open shot. And I think the last one that he made, there was like three minutes left, and he shot that thing from Folsom. He was like a full yes. foot behind That's the hatch, you know, behind the hatch. and and they're typically looking to get to Keegan early, right? Because they're wanting him to, to feel the ball. And unfortunately, um, just the, the way that the flow went into the game, he never was really able to find his groove tonight. And so this is one of those games where, you know, you, you hope that by the, the fourth time you see a team that you know has your number, there's an adjustment that's being made. But I think that, that with Lynn getting in there, um, I think Coach Brown was was trying to make an adjustment by by putting some extra deep down there, and um, yeah, I would have liked to see Metu. <laughs> there was one point when Rudy Gobert got a second chance. I don't know if you guys saw it, but halfway through the game, Rudy Gobert got a second chance layup, and at some point, Metu stood up and threw his towel towards the locker room and just sat down. And I, I was just like, I, I think he knew that he wasn't going in this game, and he just wanted to get in there so badly. Um so I think Coach Brown was trying a few things. Uh, I did like trying Metu or I did like trying Lynn out. Um I think that he still has, you know, something to offer this team and, and this late in the season, I think Coach Brown might be doing the math and saying, Hey, you know what, we're we're gonna clinch this position, this this third seed sometime in the next seven games. The the math is almost impossible not to uh, I know that the fan base wants to clinch tonight, but let's, let's try something different. Who knows? We might be seeing this team in the playoffs. So, um, you know, there's, there's more discouraging things if you just focus in on this game. Um, but all in all, I think this team is capable of making those adjustments. Um, but I, I think the, the key that you, you, you say a lot, Calvin, defend without fouling. That's going to be something that the Kings are going to have to absolutely employ to the maximum if they want to be, you know, get through the first round in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Obviously it's one of my, one of my usual keys. So yeah, we'll definitely dive into
3: those keys here in a little bit, but Hey, we have Martin up here on stage. Always appreciate you, Martin. How are you doing today? I'm
6: doing good guys. How are you? Well, I'm doing better now. I was I was a pretty, pretty stick to my stomach before signing on.
1: <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
6: it's well, okay, man, you're, we'll get the
1: clinch on Wednesday, or maybe nah, I don't even know. Just if it's let possible it to let out it thing. out, Martin. We're don't hold Wednesday. it
3: in. Just let it out.
6: Well, we're a road warrior team, so it's not. It's pretty fitting that we're going to have to clinch this thing on the road.
1: Very true. Very we true. are we, very we, crazy we, that we make that. Statement these days about the Sacramento Kings.
6: <laughs> exactly. And it, it's been, it's, it's really what, what boils down to To B is in order to, in order to secure your spot in the playoffs and in order to have a playoff run, you have to be a solid road team. You have to be, you have to be ready to go into a, a real contakerous environment and take care of business on the road that's what the warriors have done for the last five to six years. That's why they've been so successful absolutely so what I, so what I see is this is this is a baptism getting us ready. The fact that we still struggle a little bit at home is kind of i it's kind of ironic it's weird it's also but it's also ironic. Because with the with the amount of support that we have at G1C, you would think we would take eighty or ninety percent of our games, but for some reason our focus just is not as good is on the road.
3: Yeah, that's very. So true. What, that, that's a good point, and and it's it's a little weird thinking that we could have home court in the first round of the playoffs and we're a better road team than a home team. Right. That that is so that's kind of weird.
6: Um, So I'm not surprised that we're going to have to go take care of this in Portland.
3: You think they do it on Wednesday or Friday?
6: Oh, it'll happen Wednesday. Wednesday. I like, we have to, I made a prediction of 49 wins at the end of the season. I I made that prediction about three months ago. We need to go four and three.
1: I think that's very doable. Yeah. That's
3: not a bad prediction. at all. You got two games against Portland. You got San Antonio New Orleans, Dallas, Golden State, Denver. I-, I see at least four wins here.
6: I do. Now the thing, what happened tonight was a miracle. We should not have been in this game. We yeah, normally yeah. have we oh, we normally, we normally have one supplemental shooter that is a supporting staff that we did not get tonight on any level from anywhere. We didn't get it from Monk. We didn't see Terrence Davis come into the game and shoot the lights out. Herder had a mediocre game, and Keegan was off of his game completely. So we didn't have that supporting cast that we ne- that's so necessary for our success. And the fact that we were in the game at the end is just, I, I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out how. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think we've said that about a number of games this season. You know, just going back to what we were talking about earlier how uh even when this team doesn't play its best or shouldn't be in a position to win a game, you you look down there's a couple minutes left and it's a a one or a two possession game. It, they're just they're very very resilient and I think that's goes back to a lot of what you just alluded to with being a better road team. Mike Brown and this coaching staff just has the the right mentality instilled with this team. Uh, you know, aside from their um, physical uh, inadequacies, you know, lack of size or whatever the case may be, um, th- they make up for that with the the heart and the fight that they they come to the arena with every night. Yeah,
3: definitely, and and I I agree with you. I, I'm surprised we didn't see Terrence Davis tonight. Surprised we didn't see Vadova after he got the chain in the last game, um, but I'm just gonna go back to what I've been saying for a couple of weeks now. Calvin, De'Aaron Fox leads the team in scoring. The team loses again. Well, I mean, by your metric, the Kings wouldn't be a very good team then. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking here at the record like they're like five games below 500 when
1: De'Aaron Fox leads the team in scoring. Well, I, I mean that's that is what it is at this point we have said i have said over and over again the team plays its best when it's when everyone is sharing and and they get 30 assists they have all like martin just said they have the uh tertiary scorer that steps up and is big for them um that's when the kings play their best basketball that's why they're the best offensive team in the nba but I, i think that you know What you're saying, I think, kind of takes, not that you're intending to do it, but I think it takes away a little bit from what De'Aaron has done this season. The amount of close games they've played, the number one fourth-quarter scorer, the number one clutch scorer, you know, you're not going to win all of those games, but they have won a majority of them, and he is a huge, huge reason why.
3: I guess what I'm really pointing at, and, and like you pointed at earlier in this game, was the games that De'Aaron Fox has to do a lot early in the game, in, yeah. including scoring, is because his other teammates aren't getting going, and it hurts them later in games. Versus when De'Aaron can get guys going, he uh, Herter, Murray, those guys are making buckets, mm-hmm. and De'Aaron can just play defense, be a facilitator, be in control of the game, and then take over in the fourth quarter. This is a much, much better basketball team. But when he's forced to put on his scoring hat in the second quarter or the first quarter. He doesn't seem to have the same it factor at the end of games. Yeah. That's, a, good that's point. a fair
1: statement. What do you
3: think about that, Matthew? Oh, Matthew's gone. What do you think about that, Martin?
6: Well, I'm thinking with you, there's a, there's been a pattern of success throughout the whole season and you just framed it beautifully. Uh, DeAaron is the difference maker when we're down by 5 points in the fourth quarter and he has and he has his leg and he has his sharp shooting eye when all of that's going on at the end of the game it's in the pocket we've got the game but if but if DeAaron has been orchestrating everything early in the game like you say if we don't have if we don't have that cast of players Ready to be sharing in that in that the wealth of the scoring, it's just not going to happen. So they need to learn from the the that pattern of success that they have. There's a reason that they're the highest scoring team in the league. It's because they share and care.
3: Yeah, and if you don't play defense, you you have to outscore all these other teams too, right? Right. Kings are two and four. In the month of March, when Deer and Fox leads the team in scoring. Wow, that's wild, uh, Martin. Anything else that really stood out to you in the game tonight?
6: Uh, I was at the Utah game on Saturday night, and rub the it difference. In, rub it for, in. Yeah, it was a good game. It was it was a really exciting game. It was the, only the second game I've been to this year. The other game I went to, I went, I went with my son Matthew and what I saw in the game against Utah was a lot like I described. The game was close throughout the, through three quarters and we took control of it at the end. That's been our pattern. Even if we're well behind in the game in the first half, we're not a first half team. When Mike Brown makes the corrections at halftime, that's when we seem to get our act together. I'd say 70 to 80% of the time. Yeah, when that's we good
3: observation, Calvin, you what do you think regarding that?
1: Yeah, that that's spot on. That's how they've played all, all season long. Do you think for there's sure. a reason for that? Um, there's probably a multitude of reasons for that. I mean, one of them is what we just talked about with Fox, you know, in a lot of games they look he doesn't look to maybe Assert himself early on. uh, If they're getting the balanced scoring, that means they're usually doing well in the first half. You know, they'll be up or it'll be a close game. If they're not getting that balanced scoring, then they will be trailing. Like we've seen them get out, you know, come out and start games very poorly uh, in the first quarter. And then they come in in the third quarter um, and make it's just more effort defensively. They tighten things up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think having that offense and having as many options, shooting options, uh, Sabonis, you know, the way different ways they can attack you, they'll eventually get things going. They will make a run. The question is, will they be able to sustain that both offensively and defensively to close it out in the fourth quarter?
3: Yeah, yeah, great, great point. Uh, Calvin, I kind of want to go over what your keys to the game were. want to hear what Martin has to – has to say about those. Um, and then we got some other stuff to talk about, and we got some other people that want to speak here on stage. So uh, I'll, I'll let you dive into your keys
1: first. Uh, well, I'll go quickly. N- number one was attack Gobert. Uh, I thought that they did a very good job of that tonight. Uh, you know, whether it was Sabonis himself, who is for having giving up a lot of size to a guy like Rudy, he's so good at neutralizing that, that length and that shot blocking by going into his body being able to get shots up. He missed a few, you know, shots that are difficult shots, but we normally see him make tonight. Maybe the game would have gone a little differently if he was able to get those to go down. Um, But I also thought that they would be able to get this team in foul trouble. Minnesota uh, fouls more times than anybody else in the NBA, more free throw attempts given up than anybody else. And the Kings shot 40 free throws tonight, another reason why they were in this game probably They were 32 of 40 at the line, shooting 18% from three, but they were able to knock down a bunch of free throws to keep it close there or keep themselves in it late. Number two was weak side rebounding and, you know, rebounding in general. Again, the Kings did a pretty good job tonight. The fourth quarter, late in the game, there were two uh, offensive rebounds in a row that extended Mm -hmm. the possession for Minnesota. You would have loved to have had one of those and been able to come down and score. Again, it might have been a different game. But <laughs> overall, double-digit offensive rebounds, again, it, You know, for this team against uh, Minnesota with a bunch of size, you're going to be happy with that. And then number three was fast-break points. Uh, the Kings really did not turn Minnesota over. They only had six turnovers. They weren't really able to get a ton of scoring, open looks, transition looks. Uh, I, they had less than 10 fast-break points in this game, which is... You know, I've said it before, when the Kings get 16 or more, uh, they've usually got a very good chance to win. We light the beam. Yeah.
3: We light the beam. You know, another thing I, I noticed, too, in, in this game, and maybe the past couple games, not so much the Utah game, but Boston, I guess, and, and the the game against Utah two games ago, and maybe tonight if Keegan would have made that corner three or if the Kings would have made a bucket to cut the, the lead a little bit at the end, we would have seen more of this. But there was a good stretch of games. I think it was at the beginning of March, end of February, where the Kings were just playing this like amazing swarm defense at the end of games. If they needed a turnover, they got it. Like every single time, they were just able to to figure out a way to get a turnover. I haven't seen that Kings team in a couple weeks now.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's matchup dependent a lot of times. I mean, th- they usually go to that defense against a team that has you know one or two elite scorers that they're just going to try to continue to put in pick and roll situations, get a mismatch, get a switch by blitzing that screen, you know, in that trap swarm defense that that forces that the ball to get out of that guy's hands tonight. Minnesota that would have played straight into their hands cuz that's what they were doing all night long. It was dribble penetration off of either the pick-and-roll or just break down somebody one-on-one. I mean, there were way too many easy straight ball drives. Baseline, kick it to the corner, cross, skip pass to the Mm -hmm. the other wing for a wide-open three. Uh, That was how Minnesota was handling them all night long. So I don't know if that defense would have really done a lot of good for them tonight, Um, but you're right. They have gone to that multiple times, and it has has worked for them occasionally.
3: Yeah, I mean, at least it seemed like it was working. Yeah. Like, what's the famous saying? It works every time, or 70% (laughs) of the time, it works every time. (laughs) Um, But as Gilbert says here, we can't jump every time we close out on threes. Also a good point. Martin, any uh, thoughts on Calvin's keys or, or what we were talking about in terms of the late swarm defense in the fourth?
6: Well, I'm not really good at X's and O's, to be honest with you guys. That's, that's Bench Matthews specialty and Calvin's specialty. I'm more of, a, I'm more of an observer from, from the big picture. I, I don't really see down in the, into the weeds the way you guys do in order to pick apart various defenses and switching and things that go on in response to certain, uh, playmaking that's happening. So I don't catch on to all of that, but what I see is a pattern and flow in the game based on energy levels based on execution and based on the ability to make a shot when you have one and tonight we just didn't have that
3: yeah yeah I mean I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself they were just not making shots Well, we got to get back to the show here, Martin. I appreciate you joining us, but I got two quick questions for you before I let you go. First off, you mentioned 45 wins, or sorry, 49 49 wins. wins, which I'm excited about. So that question is going to be elaborated into how far do you think the Kings go this year in the playoffs?
6: Well, I think they'll make it through the first round. It'll a lot of it'll, If we end up facing Minnesota, we'll have a tough time uh, in the yeah. first round. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, to be honest with you.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Kings may get past the first round, probably lose in the second round. Great foundation to build off of uh, for next season. And like I've been saying all year long, we're, we're ahead of schedule, uh, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, my other question for you, Martin, and it might be uh, too early for this, but in your mind, I know you're a big picture guy now, like you said. In the big picture, what's one thing the Kings can do in this offseason to get better?
2: Uh
6: I would say they need another big wing player uh to help Sabonis. Our rebounding is a little bit slight aside for aside from Domas. So I think I, I like Metu. I like what he brings to the table, but I would like I would like somebody with a little a little bit more uh What's the word I want?
3: A more reliable shot.
6: Yeah, that would be. That's kind of where I'm going with that. Somebody that can that can kind of serve two purposes, you know, be a be a definite supporting power power forward to to uh, assist Domas, and also the ability to put the ball in the bucket.
3: Okay, you agree with that, Calvin?
1: I do. I do. Uh, I said at the trade deadline, yeah. an an elite. 3 and D wing with a lot of size would be ideal for this team. Maybe Kessler Edwards eventually becomes that person. That would be awesome. Or, you know, ideally Keegan Murray becomes that person and more, right? He turns into a a two-way all-star. But, yeah, I think, you know, if you could upgrade the power forward position and get a, a really phenomenal... You could kill two birds with one stone somebody like an Aaron Gordon who I know you don't like very much But i'm super high on him if the kings had Aaron Gordon they would be in a much much better position because uh, That dude is a rebounder. He's got size. He can defend almost one through five like to me That's what the kings are missing most there is that uh, That wing defender that is also going to be available to help offensively, but not that's not their primary role on this team Mm -hmm. um that's that was be where I would start yeah it'll be
3: interesting to see what the Kings can do I mean how far they go in the playoffs this year whether it exposes another weakness or a strength in the team and and how Monty you know makes moves this offseason to help help improve the team next year but Martin want to thank you so much for joining us tonight you are awesome always appreciate everything you have to say Um, you got any last words for the royal family out there
6: well, um, it's so good to be able to uh, to light the laser. I saw it again on on uh, Saturday night. You guys are missing out. Um, uh, my, my oldest son told me he's still surprised that there aren't FAA, FAA regulations against <laughs> shining that laser two thousand feet into the air. So that's yeah, a that's little hilarious. that's something that's something to take home for Kings fans. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, Calvin and I are going to be in town in a couple of weeks, so hopefully we'll be there uh, to see
1: the beam in person.
6: What game are you going to see? Well, we're hoping
1: to be at game one uh, of whatever the first-round playoff series is. So.
6: Oh, that would be fantastic. Yes.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to mortgage everything we own to
3: afford <laughs> tickets to go to that game.
6: Well, Calvin, you described the position that I, that I want filled on the team perfectly. That power Thank forward, you. that power forward with a with a with a two way play, that's that's that would really be a, a golden plus to the team.
1: I agree. 100%. That would be awesome. Hopefully, Monty can find that guy this offseason. Yeah, and
3: hopefully he we'll can, can do that guy on a reasonable contract as well. Yeah, that too.
6: Well, you All guys right. have a wonderful night. Good talking to you. All
3: you right, too, Martin. Martin. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Have a good night.
6: You too. Bye bye.
3: All right. Um... Let's uh, – should we go over to Tanvir? You got anything? Before we go to Tanvir, I know Tanvir is such a patient guy. <laughs> um, but do you have any other things, any other thoughts regarding the game tonight, things that the Kings need to do better? Um, they're 1-3 in now against the Timberwolves this year. Yeah. We talked about it in the last stream, right, and how hard the Timberwolves are for the Kings because it's, it's like a direct mismatch for the Timberwolves. Even if they don't have Towns, yeah. they still have Gobert. Uh, the Kings haven't figured out a way to take Gobert out of the equation like we saw teams do last year in the playoffs. I, I mean, is there any suggestions you have? We know Mike Brown watches the show. We know Rudy Fernandez <laughs> watches the show. you have any suggestions for them to next time the Kings play the Timberwolves how to maybe pull Rudy a little bit further away from the center uh, maybe get him in foul trouble, just kind of eliminate him from the game?
1: Well, I mean, there are certain things you can do with that, but to me that's actually not the problem that Sacramento has with this team. I mean, Sabonis has done very well all season long going at Gobert one-on-one. Um, Fox was able to get into the paint today. They have gotten him in foul trouble. They haven't, I don't know if they've gotten him to foul out of any game. I think maybe he did in the overtime game that they won. But um, I, to me, that's not really the issue. The, the issue is the perimeter. Uh, they have no match for the length and size on the perimeter, both on offense and on defense. I mean, Kyle Anderson, uh, it's a name that we haven't – it's been brought up in the chat here, but we haven't actually said his name yet on this show. He killed Sacramento today. Double-double, yeah. 15 points, 11 assists, I think. Um, it, that dude has been – terrible for the Kings all season long. <laughs> Jaden McDaniels was also really, really Dude, good tonight. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, that's – it's the – on defense, they they struggle so much with this team, not necessarily because of Gobert. I mean, yes, Gobert has double-doubles and he has the, the offensive rebounds and the putbacks sometimes, and he made a lot of free throws tonight, which I also saw brought up in the chat. I feel like every time I watch Rudy Gobert play – he somehow always knocks down free throws even though he's a 64% free throw shooter or whatever. He makes but them when they count, <laughs> as Shaq would say. But um to me the the problem is everybody else. I mean Mike Conley absolutely shredded this defense tonight. He yeah. didn't have a ton of assists, but it was the set the hockey assist. It was the pass that sets up the pass. Those are killers. To cross court wide open threes. Um and then yeah, offensively, like I said before that I think they go at Rudy Gobert and attack him just fine. You can pull Sabonis out from the paint. They like to re- operate with him, you know, in the mid to high post, free throw line extended area anyway. Um, but, again, that only works when you have the ball movement and the, the passing lanes available for Sabonis to find other guys, which, again, against the perimeter length of this team, they're not finding. Sabonis only had four assists in this game, which is well below his season average. hmm uh, and that's a combination of a, a bunch of things so th- to me rudy gobert as big as he is and he's a problem because of his size he's yeah. not anywhere near the biggest problem with facing this team to me
3: i mean i i agree with you but i also feel like once we haven't played against him in towns together that's true and once they're both out there on the court that's when I think Rudy Gobert is really going to present some issues for the Kings, especially in the rebounding department. And I feel like if you can pull him a little bit out of the paint, you're going to get more deer and Fox inside. You're going to probably get more rebounds. Um, and I mean, you have to make him a liability that I feel like that's the, the way to exploit him on this team.
1: Uh, I, I agree with that. I do. Um, I just think that they, Minnesota ha- has this team well-constructed right now. It's not as simple as just pulling Rudy Gobert away from the basket.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: I, I can see that. I also have to say, I agree with you, Kyle Anderson,
3: absolutely killing it tonight. But the one thing I could think of when I was watching the game and seeing Kyle Anderson is I'm like, this guy's a mini Rudy Gobert. You see him? <laughs> he looks identical to Rudy Gobert, just smaller. It's weird, uh. super, super weird. Anyways, I want to go over here to Tanvir, Tanvir, how you doing? You working?
2: Yep, always working, man. You know me, man. Always working. yeah,
3: always working, making that bread. Tanvir, what are you going to spend all this money on, bro? Oh, I
2: don't know, man. Saving it, bro.
3: Saving it up. (laughs) I love to hear it. it How are you feeling tonight? Kings lose. They don't, uh, don't lock up a playoff spot, but how you doing? How you feeling?
2: Hey, man, it happens, man. I wanted to win, but hey, man, what are you gonna do when you lose uh lose a game at home? Yeah, have suck, but you have to move on lots happens normal, not bummed at all. still love the squad, regardless
3: yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's kind of where I'm at at this point now. I'm uh I'm trying to take these losses at least over the past couple of weeks, uh, you know, as a grain of salt. I'm trying to just brush them off my shoulder and not deal with them. But hey, if we're losing playoff games, I'm gonna be feeling a little bit different. Um, so we got seven games left. I don't know if you right. heard Martin speaking earlier, but Martin thinks we're yeah, going 49. What would that be? 49 and 23? So That's 30. 33? thirty-three? Forty-nine and thirty-three. So I mean, that puts the Kings at 4-3 and three in the next seven games. Can you deal with three more losses, Tanvir?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't hate it, man. Three more losses, I know, yeah. Yeah, you don't want losses, but it's the NBA, bro. It happens, man. Talent's everywhere, regardless of the team.
3: Gilbert in the chat here says, how do we lose when the Wolves are on
1: a back-to-back with no Carl Anthony Towns? Minnesota's 8-5 and five on back-to-backs this season. Yeah, they they play well in those situations. Yeah, and they they're the a good And they they present yep. pres, present a lot of problems for Sacramento. So whether cats 100% playing or bro. not, yep. Um, yep. Tanvir, any
3: any more thoughts about the game tonight before we move on? Uh,
2: no. Whatever you guys said is all on point, man. There's nothing else that can be said, man. Just gotta play better, man. Grab the rebound, Get to play defense. Got to play better. What else, can, yeah, yeah. what else can there be said, <clears throat> So
3: one thing to mention before we move on to Wednesday's game against the Portland Trail Blazers, and this is a congratulations to Malik Monk. Malik Monk sets a Sacramento-era record for points and assists on the bench or off the bench in a season. That's, That's wild. Crazy. That's Shut insane,
2: up. man. I mean, we had Isaiah Thomas. used a few more of them
3: tonight. But.
2: <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to do that in there. Uh,
3: I mean, we had Isaiah Thomas on this team, an incredible six-man. Yep. We've got a lot of guys that know how to score and guys that know Bobby how to pass. Jackson. Yeah. That, that's your six-man. That's uh, setting the record. He set that before tonight's game. So setting that record with eight games left in the season is huge. Tanvir, what do you think Malik Monk's odds on winning six-man of the year are?
2: I think they're pretty high as of right now. The way he's been playing, man, I love it, man. He's been doing what he can, man. He's doing all the little things, man. I love it.
1: What do you think, Cal? I think his odds are – he's definitely going to be in the top, you know, four or five. Um, Yeah. I I don't expect him to win. I just think there are other guys out there. I know Bobby Portis has missed a lot of games, but he's had a hell of a season. Malcolm Brogdon's got to be up there as well for the Boston Celtics. So – uh, the the fact that Malik is in the conversation and is going to get some votes, I think is really all you, you can ask for when you said you were going to sign him in the offseason. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. Malcolm Brogdon is the favorite currently, uh,
3: according to this betting website. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly is number two. Norman Powell is three. Tyrese Maxey and then Malik Monk is uh, number five here. I don't disagree with this list. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Same. I don't disagree. He's They're been super important,
3: and I'm so stoked to have him here on this team. He's been incredible for the Kings. It.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%, man.
3: He really, he really has been so, so incredible for the Sacramento Kings. It's it's mind-blowing how, how the Kings got him for basically nothing. Oh, yeah. And yep. the Lakers gave up on this guy. Uh, and yep. then it, kind of the other thing that I was talking about a few weeks ago, too, is like Malik Monk's been great, but honestly, my favorite thing about Malik Monk is what he's brought out of Deer and Fox, and those are things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Um, Those are things that is not going to factor into winning six men of the year or anything like that, so Mm -hmm. um, I love the locker room presence. I love the energy, always having the smile. It reminds me of of back when Shumpert was on the team, right, and they were the scores and all this, and as soon as he left... (laughs) They kind of lost that swagger. I I think Malik Monk brought some swagger to this team, and I think he's a big reason why they're in their position this year. All right, Calvin. Let's talk about Wednesday. Oh, actually, real quick, one more thing. Um, Hopefully, Matthew is still here watching. Uh, Matthew commented on a YouTube video. Hopefully, we don't get canceled. Um, He commented on a YouTube (laughs) video, I believe, yesterday yesterday saying uh, that Caitlyn Jenner was um, drafted by the Sacramento Kings, and I disagreed. Um, any thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> what, you disagreed because it was Bruce that was drafted, yeah. not Caitlyn? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. That's te- By technicalities, you're right.
3: I mean, that's like saying De'Aaron Fox plays for the Rochester <laughs> Royals,
1: right? Uh, it's not quite the same thing, but, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know.
3: Tambi, you think I'm gonna get canceled for that? <clears throat> <laughs>
2: I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> did you There's did no you know that no. though?
2: No, no. To be honest, no.
3: That Bruce Jenner was drafted by the Sacramento Kings. It's crazy, right? Yeah, that's,
2: that's yes. interesting, man. <laughs> I think
3: we do. We talk about that on 19, last year's. I think we yeah. talked about that last year yeah. on the show.
1: Nineteen seventy something. I can't remember what year, but. And he's like, "Oh, it says on Basketball Reference."
3: And I'm must like, okay. I'm basketball reference. I'm like, okay, whatever. It doesn't. It didn't say that at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Drafted. There you go. 1977. Yeah, in the seventh round. This is when there were seven rounds. No wonder there was nobody else to draft Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> might as well take the Olympian. You might never as well never played basketball. <laughs> super weird. Super super weird. It, that's got to be funny, right? Because. We know the Kardashians are famous for dating NBA players. And then they meet Caitlyn or Bruce, whatever. And uh, she's probably like, yeah, I got drafted. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I know what it was like. I got drafted. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, Matthew, I know. Listed as Caitlyn on basketball reference, but not drafted. That's like saying Metta World Peace played for the Kings. Didn't do it. It was Ron Artest. (laughs) Anyways, Calvin, let's talk about Wednesday's game against the Portland Trailblazers. As you mentioned, uh, Portland's basically uh, given up this year. Um, Wow. They are, wow, the 13th seed in the Western Conference at 32 and 43. They made quite a few uh, moves last year. This year brought in a ton of young talent. Calvin, I actually like what they're doing um they've done kind of a quick rebuild with a lot of skilled uh young players they're still trying to figure out how to put them all together and whether dame can be like the leader of this team we've seen dame come out over the past couple weeks throwing shade at a bunch of players and saying you know the nba has changed i don't like this new culture where you got to win a ring or you don't have a successful career blah 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 all that um but give me your thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers, just what they've done this season and, and kind of what your outlook is for them going forward.
1: Well, I think there's still a lot of optimism within Portland. You know, Damian Lillard is just an unbelievable player. You wonder how long he's going to play at this type of level, but for a guy that is a, as great of a shooter as he is, I mean, I, he said it over and over again, and I can't disagree with it. He is, to me, the, the second best shooter of all time. Um, so with that being said, you have to think that of that all time, I would say so. Yeah, wow, uh, that will be able to extend his career a little bit longer, right? And so as long as they keep the rest of the team solid around him, which they've got a lot of young talent right now, how much? A money lot is he of making? young, young talent. He's making a lot of money, as he should. Uh, I think it's very deservedly so. But look, Shaden Sharp has been for a guy that was maybe the biggest mystery of last year's draft. He showed signs that he could develop into a pretty decent player. Anthony Simons to me is one of the up-and-coming young players in the NBA. Jeremy Grant proved that he's, you know, capable of fitting into a, a sort of a big three-ish type lineup and, and producing. To me, it, they struggled this season largely because they just weren't healthy at any point. I mean, Nurkic was again hurt for a long time. Lillard missed yep. a bunch of games this year. Simons missed games. Um, they they were never really healthy, but they've got, I, I think, some good pieces to this team. Nasir Little has had a good season this year. Um, another big, you know, long 3 and D guy shot it really, really well from outside. So th- uh, there's definitely reason to be optimistic, I think, if you're Portland. You just have to get this group back together healthy and give it another shot. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking here at their salary cap
3: and I, I totally agree with you. A lot of young talent on this team that I really like. Um, but I'm just questioning their salary and, and the way they've positioned themselves here. I mean, Jeremy Grant was the guy they went after, right, to fill a fill a need for them. He's an expiring contract at the end of this year. That's 21 million there expiring. Cam Reddish is a free agent. Matisse Theibel is a free agent. All three of these guys are guys that they went out and got and yep. gave up assets to yep. get. Um, and then you look at a guy like Shaden Sharp, who I really like. He's on the first year of a four-year rookie deal. When his rookie deal is up, Calvin, and it's time to pay him, uh, which is 2026, 2027, Dame Lillard's got a player option for $63 million that year. Yeah, That's crazy 63 million dollars that that year you still have Yusuf Nurkic locked up for four more years um which as you mentioned he has not been healthy um so I definitely a lot of games last two seasons have some question marks regarding the health of this team and their salary cap situation but you're right they do have a lot of young talent so I think that they can figure it out. I think they can uh, make something work, uh,
1: but not in the next couple of weeks, which is what I'm that excited for.
3: Um, I, I expect the Kings to light the beam on Wednesday.
1: I expect them to as well. I mean that they are sitting just about everybody in their starting lineup, so which we know, you know, that has hasn't always been a great situation for the Kings. We've seen them lose a lot of games when uh, their opponents' star players. Multiple players have been out, but I, I think this will be a different situation. Did you post this
3: thing on Royal Rebound's Twitter that says, tonight we clinch a playoff spot, Kings fans?
1: I did. Well, that's why we lost right there. Well, thanks for putting it on me. Jinxed it. Just trying to give them a little, uh, you know. Hey,
3: if you think Calvin jinxed spark. us, let, let me know in the chat because I'm feeling a little jinx coming on here. Um, but, hey. Let's go to Tanvir. Uh, Tanvir, I want to hear from you what your thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers are before we get Cal's keys to
2: the game. For me, Portland, I like them too, man. I don't know about Dame. I don't think he's going to want to stay there now with all whatever he's saying. But their team is nice, man. I like Sharp too, man. I think they have a good player in them also. That's just my opinion.
1: All right, Cal, let's hear your keys. Key number one is going to be Hurtum on the Glass. This team's going to be missing a lot of players, especially Nurkic. Uh, I think that the Kings with Sabonis, the way that they've committed a little bit more to offensive rebounding lately, that I thought I think that they have been very good over the past few games. This could be a, a game where they could definitely win the rebounding battle and get a lot of second chance points, maybe. So that, that would be a huge, huge boost. Hurt them, how'd you spell that? Uh, not with, not like herder, but okay. that would have been better. I, I, I mean, I figured yeah, that would like like exactly herder needs better. to get more rebounds, like Herder. <laughs> well, the he blast. could certainly be one hurt of those him. guys cl- crashing. He's, he's okay. been definitely helping a lot in that area. Number two is, is going to be a complete opposite of what it was tonight. Three point barrage. <laughs> Portland allows their opponents to shoot 37% from the three point line. I think if the Kings are able to, to move the ball a little bit better than they did today, they're gonna get more open looks from three, and you would have to think that they knocked them down at a higher rate than they did tonight. Uh, and then number three is gonna be play through Keegan. These last seven games of the season, you know, the Kings haven't officially clinched a playoff spot yet, but like we were talking about earlier, that's inevitable at pretty much at this point. Oh no, I'm serious. I mean, you if you look at the math, it for the Kings to not clinch a playoff spot. I'm not talking about home yeah, court. Yeah. It's almost impossible for them not Don't to. Don't post that on Twitter. I will not post it on Twitter, but I will stand by my words that okay. it is almost impossible for them not to clinch it. So w- when you're going to play these teams down the stretch like the Portlands of the world, like the San Antonio Spurs of the world, who have nothing left to play for this season, yeah. this is your opportunity to kind of do a, try a few different things or work on some things. I, I look at this as a big opportunity for Keegan because he's one of those guys that's going to continue to get playing time, even if they shut down or, or rest some of these other guys later in the year, like Fox or Sabonis. Because Keegan's a rookie, he hasn't played you know the heavy, heavy minutes like these other guys have all season long. They're going to give him more opportunity here, and I think they could maybe uh, use him or give him an opportunity to kind of expand his game or try out – being more of a go-to scorer, a, a playmaker, that sort okay. of a thing, I like as that. opposed to just a stand in the corner and shoot guy, um, it, it's a big uh, opportunity for him and also for a bunch of guys on the bench. You know, even the two-way players, if they have a chance to get in some of these games late in the year. I like that a lot, uh, Tanvir. What, what are your thoughts on those keys? Those are the
3: right keys, man. Exactly, those are the keys right to the on car, target, right there. Yep, that's the key to the car, bro. You think Calvin's jinxing the Kings at all?
2: No, I don't think he's jinxing anything, bro. <laughs> okay. I think he's all good, bro.
3: That's good. That's good because the chat doesn't agree with you. <laughs> There's <laughs>
1: one person in the chat that doesn't agree. Uh, oh, two people. <laughs> I wonder
3: who that is. That's okay. No
1: one, that's okay. No um,
3: I, I'm nothing. feeling great, man. I, seven games left. I know everyone wants to get to the playoffs already. They want to start yeah. the playoffs, but I'm telling you, Kings fans out there, just enjoy where you're at. Enjoy every single Hell game. Yeah. Enjoy every single stream. Uh, there's only a enjoy few left it. here, Calvin, before the playoffs start. So uh, we got to live in the moment for for a little bit.
1: Yeah, we also got to get ready for playoff shows. We've never done yes. that before. Yes, that's oh, crazy. That's, be fun. that's crazy. Uh, Tanvir. Um, I gotta
3: go here to Nick pretty soon because he's requesting to come up on stage. Um, sure. But I, I think we can all agree it's pretty much official now that, that Calvin's chopping the hair off.
1: Um, oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I thought I was out of line for saying that the Kings were going to be automatically in the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah. my hair is is a hundred percent gone at this
3: point. It's 100% <laughs> oh, okay. uh, a
1: hundred percent gone. Okay.
2: Hope you enjoyed that there. hair, bro. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a double standard here. Not gonna lie, uh, but hey, Calvin's gonna lose his hair, um, which everybody's excited for here on the channel. Um, so, Tanvir, did you kind of narrow it down? Because I, I feel like obviously we're cutting it on the last episode of the regular season, which is I believe March n- or sorry, April ninth 9th, um, at three p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're gonna have a final vote on. I think we're gonna. I want to narrow it down to like what four options. Um, and then people will vote on the ninth, and then whatever people land on the most or whatever's voted for the most is what we're going to go with. Um, Can you help us narrow it down? Do you have a couple options for him?
2: Sure. Are the, <laughs> the suspense options? is killing
1: me.
3: <laughs> Tanvir, uh, what kind of talking- haircut do you have right now? Hey,
2: man. It's just normal hair. It's just a normal haircut, bro. It's just a
3: crew cut. Normal haircut. Oh, a crew cut. <laughs> yeah. That's your go-to. What is it like a number three or
1: something? It's
2: like a four.
1: A four. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was my haircut for probably twenty years.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, you don't want to throw the crew cut in there because um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do a crew cut. One um
1: but i mean like you know how to put a (laughs) beam in the middle of my head yeah
3: yeah yeah i know how to do all that stuff um Um, but yeah what do you uh what do you think
2: uh i don't know what you think bro bowl cut uh mohawk
3: um what other ones did we decide
1: Oh perm, red hair perm. I mean, I've seen so many, scullet, uh, mullet, um, yeah. I think Mohawk was good. Reverse Mohawk. I've seen them all.
2: <laughs> Evil Mongol, Mohawk a good. whatever that is,
3: Matthew. All right, I'm gonna send it over to Nick because I bet you Nick has some some great ideas for this one.
1: Nick, really? What's up? Oh, that sounds fantastic. Bald plus pigtails plus bangs. Yo, Nick. What's up? What's up, dude? How you doing? I'm okay.
2: Um, I just wanted to say, we lost tonight, but, you know, I had one slice of pizza pizza tonight. Mm,
1: One slice. Maybe that's why the Kings didn't win. You only had one slice. (laughs) What kind of pizza was (laughs) it,
2: Nick? Cheese pizza.
3: Were you at the game tonight? Yes. Oh, man. That would have been so much fun if they would have clinched tonight, right?
2: Yeah, why not clinch tonight?
3: Why not clinch tonight? Why not yeah. clinch on Wednesday? Yeah, that's exactly what the Kings are asking themselves.
2: We need to, we need to fire the laser.
3: That'd be great. I would love to fire the laser, Nick. I would love to.
2: Um, would you like? Am I gonna light the purple beam on Wednesday?
3: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I hope so. Um, what? Nick, what kind of haircut do you have currently? What, what's your normal haircut?
2: Just a regular haircut, you know. Just, that's, uh, that's, right the one that's the that's one everybody's got, the regular one. That's
3: exactly what Tanvir said. <laughs> so you just walk into the barbershop and you're like, give me one of those regulars.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and they just say, no problem. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. That's pretty nice. When was the last time you got your haircut, Nick. God, I, can't, I can't remember. It's that, that long ago, huh? No, I can't remember the last time no, I got my Is your hair longer than Calvin's? I think so. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh Wow. You think so? He's got longer hair than you and can eat more pizza than you, Calvin. I think you're lying. And he's on more post-game <laughs> shows than you, too. Well, that
1: is not a lie. He's definitely on more post-game shows. You.
3: <laughs> Nick, you're killing Calvin
2: tonight, dude oh my gosh
3: why do you uh why do you think the kings lost tonight nick
2: because they didn't play better they gotta they gotta pick up the belt better they gotta pick it up
3: yeah that's a good point i i think they definitely gotta pick it up probably play better gotta, defense they gotta stand for you just gotta man. pick up
2: the ball better stay on, you your, man. Stay
3: on your man yeah, yeah. You, you know what they really need to do better nick what they need to shoot the three ball better yeah what do they make six threes tonight five five threes tonight
2: you do you do you gotta shoot better You gotta not good play it all Nick
3: not good at all
2: um no I mean they they should have played better they they should have did what they could have done you know they could have they could have played better you know I just wish that they would win game Win better win tonight but we could have we would have clinched her. We could have clinched the third seed, but, you
3: know. You know That's the, okay. It it's happen. coming, Nick. It's coming. You know the worst part, Nick, about a Kings loss?
2: What is the worst part?
3: Is I feel like everybody on YouTube is really stingy with the like button when the Kings lose. Yeah. No one likes to hit the like button. They're all like, unlike, unlike, not happy, doesn't matter what they say, not happy tonight, the Kings lost.
2: Yeah. It's
3: quite unfortunate. But I mean, you know the best part is we get to play again on Wednesday. Yes, we do. We got seven more games left. Kings have forty five wins. Nick, forty-five wins right now.
2: Yeah.
3: That's incredible. How many wins did you think the Kings were gonna have this year?
2: Yeah, no. We we had the opportunity win tonight. We had our opportunity to clinch, but we didn't do it. Well, I know that, like a true but, politician,
3: dodging the question. Nick, what I'm saying is, before the season started, how many wins did you think the Kings were really going to have?
2: Why, I, gosh, I I don't know.
3: I was thinking maybe 42. I I thought 500 was was a yeah. good target. Yeah. Or sorry, 41 and I'm not good at math today, apparently.
2: <laughs> it would have been. But I'm
3: I'm feeling pretty good, man. We're we're ahead of schedule. I think we will make the playoffs this year. Um today's an unfortunate loss, but hey, the beam's gonna be there on Wednesday, Nick. It will be. Can you give me a, a prediction for, for Wednesday's game?
2: Mm. One fourteen
3: to 99 Who who are we playing on Wednesday, Nick? The P-Town. P-Town.
2: P-Town. Pizza
3: Town. (laughs) Are we
2: going to to do the show? Am I invited to your show?
3: On Wednesday?
2: Uh, Am I invited to your show in downtown Sacramento?
3: Of course. You're always invited, Nick.
2: Have we you ever are ever uh, Nick.
3: Have you ever been to Coin Op?
2: I don't think so. I don't think. I think I have. You
3: don't, or you do?
2: <laughs> I do. I have been there before.
3: Okay. Describe it. Describe it to me. It's an ice cream and cookie
2: place.
1: Mm. Different place. No, this
3: is a. Um, this is like a video game place. Like they have arcade
1: games. Uh, okay. It's an arcade bar.
3: It's it's on uh, it's on K Street. Yeah. And you got to go downstairs, and then there's like a bunch of arcade games in a big bar in the middle. Yeah. You been there?
2: Hey, I've been so.
3: Okay. Well, we're gonna have to take you there um, when we're in town. Do you like
2: video yeah. games? Yeah, I do.
3: What uh, what's your favorite video game?
2: Favorite thing is to do is uh, yeah, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Red Dead Revolver.
3: That would have been a great one. But uh, Nick, dude, you're a little late on the show tonight. We we're basically closing up here. Okay. But uh, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you uh, can you end the show for me today? Yes. Do you know what to do? Do you know what to say?
2: Sleep dreams.
3: There you go. Can sleep you uh, tell everybody on YouTube what to do?
2: Yeah. Can you, uh, you guys say sleep dreams?
3: There you go. And then hit that button.
2: Hit that, like, hit that like button, thumbs up. There you go. And make sure you. Make sure you. Sub. Up on YouTube. Make sure you sub. Hit that thumbs up. And subscribe. <laughs> subscribe on YouTube.
3: And we're going to be live on.
2: We're going to be live on Wednesday. On
3: Wednesday there for post game. Awesome. Nick. Dude, you're yes, killing bro. it, bro. You're killing it. Um, maybe we'll replace Calvin with you next year.
1: <laughs> uh, Calvin, what uh, do you you're going to have to probably pay him top dollar. He's going to have a lot of offers. We'll pay him in pizza. <laughs> That's what I meant, yeah. top dollar.
3: Yeah, we'll pay him in pizza. Well, anyways, Nick, yeah. appreciate you for coming on the show tonight. Hopefully, we'll see you on Wednesday. Hopefully, you'll be a little bit earlier. Uh, okay. But uh, love you, buddy. Have a wonderful night. Thank you, everybody on YouTube. Make sure to smash up that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We'll be live Wednesday after the Portland Trailblazers game. Uh, In the meantime, go Kings.